are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. We're going to need to use our Bibles this morning for a lengthy scripture in a few moments. I want you to try to capture the setting of the Word of God. I know that the nurseries are shut down today, so some of you are stuck in the parking lot with your baby nursery, and you may have to figure out how to start your engine and just helicopter up out of here if your kids got out of control. But I pray for you. We'll get the nurseries back momentarily. We enjoyed Sunday school this morning with our class, and I enjoyed being with our class today. God's doing something in your life. God is always doing something in your life and in my life. When God touches my life, when God touches your life with huge disappointment, with sorrow, with heartache, with loss of job, loss of health, bad diagnosis, when when God touches your life, He's doing one of two things, but both are to get our attention. 30-some years ago, God touched my body. There's never been a day or a moment without pain since that day. I don't talk about it much or preach about it. I had to come to God many times. I said, God, would you remove the thorn? God never did, so I stopped after about three or four times. I've never asked him to remove it. As Paul did not ask to have his thorn removed. But I have asked this question. God, is this thorn because of my pride and my stubbornness and my self-will and exalting myself? Is that what it's for? Or is it for your glory? When things and events happen in your life, you have to be Christian enough to ask yourself, what is God doing? Generally, you don't get the answer immediately. What is God doing in your life? It's a powerful text. We're in Daniel chapter 4 today. Daniel chapter 4. Have you ever noticed that sometimes you have been drawn into a conversation with someone And you tell them something positive, good, great, but just tell them what God's doing in your life or something you're facing. And they immediately take that conversation and turn it on themselves. You ought to just pay attention this week. Most people talk to you so the conversation can turn to them. Or when you talk to someone, generally it quickly turns to themselves. Someone says, I lost my job. I'd like you to pray for me. And within seconds, that person says, I remember when I lost my job. I tell you what. And all of a sudden, the conversation about them. Someone says, I had a bad diagnosis from the doctor. And here's what they have said. Oh, I tell you what, I've had the same thing. I know exactly what you're talking about. Someone says, the doctor gave me medicine. Oh, I tell you, I've taken that medicine. I'm telling you something about that medicine. What's going to do that? And they get all wound up about themselves. 
I tell you, I was sick, I passed out, I was this, I was that, I just could not think straight, I had the hardest time with that, and it's all about them. Have you ever had someone that you speak to, and all of a sudden, everything you're speaking to them about becomes all about them? That's generally what conversations do. A wife talks to a husband, says, I'm not very happy with this situation. Yeah, well, what do you think I'm like? I mean, it's just as hard on me as it is on you. And if you're not careful, a wife is trying to talk to her husband and he turns it on himself or vice versa. A husband's trying to say, honey, you don't understand. This is driving me crazy. I wish you would just listen to me. And she goes, you know what? I, I tell you what, there's a two-way street. How about this? And the whole thing changes. God is trying to speak to you. God is trying to speak to me. Quit telling God what God's supposed to do. Quit telling God how he's mishandling the situation. I don't know how much more of this I can take. Well, he said, my grace is sufficient. There is a purpose for every trial you face. God is doing one of two things. He is either building you through the trial and building me through the trial, or he's seeking to break me or break you through the trial. But so often my stubbornness and my self-will and you as well, we don't allow God to break us. And so God sends into our life that's will break and we rebel. We quit church. I hope they're here today. I text one of my dearest of friends and a few weeks back and I've let them have, I text back immediately and let them have a few weeks and they just said, it's got too much anxiety, too much pressure. I'm quitting church right now. That's exactly the wrong thing to do. God doesn't want you quitting church. God doesn't want you running. God wants you sitting. Today, I want to speak to you about building and or breaking. God today is building you. He's building my life and your life through COVID. I can get mad at God about COVID. I refuse to do that. I tell you, how in the world can you pastor a church like this with tents filled, parking lots filled, people watching, horns are honking, revival's going on. God's been speaking our heart through these men of God that have been preaching here and the singing, the music's been amazing. The sound says, how in the world can you not enjoy what God is doing? So well, I hate the mask. Well, anybody hates the mask. I had to speak to one of our young girls this morning, mother and girls are coming up and I had to look and say, who is that? And I, she pulled her mask, I said, I'm sorry to, I mean, ha, mask, I hate them, all God's people said. But right now it's the rule. I am not going to waste my life fighting the rule. That went over real big. God's purpose of your trials to build you. But he may have to break you in order to build you. Nebuchadnezzar was like you and I. He was in chapter four, verse four, 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 four. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at rest in my house, flourishing in my palace. He's the king, it was going, it was growing. 
He was flourishing. Everything was great. That sounds like January and February of 2020. Our church was on the move. Many churches were on the move. Door-to-door soul winning, door-to-door passing Bibles, door-to-door bus ministry, uh, missions, everything going, flying, uh, house-to-house, Acts 2020 and year 2020. It was wonderful. And then came March 15th, and it shut down. And now for all this year, all of March and April, May and June and July and August and September and October, and now November, it's been different. Out of church, I think 39 weeks. Totally different. But God's doing something. Don't get mad at government. I'm not saying government's right. Don't get mad at government. Don't get mad at the mask. God's doing something in your life. God's doing something in my life. And there's a lot of lessons I haven't yet learned in life, but I have been for many months now learning the lesson of COVID. I've had to come to the fact that God is in control. I'm loving this. This is where God has us. I'm not going to fight my God over it right now. I want you to know that he was sitting in his house and it was relaxing and it was flourishing. If you will, jump all the way over, if you will, to verse 24. He had a dream. This was his second dream. This dream is the interpretation, O king. And the decree of the Most High has come upon my Lord the King. Here it is. You're sitting at ease. You're flourishing. But here's the interpretation, Daniel says. Verse number 25. They shall drive thee from men and from thy dwelling. You shall be with the beasts of the field. And they shall make thee to eat grass as the oxen. And they shall wet thee with the dew of heaven seven times. That deals with seven years. Pass over thee till, watch this, till thou know. Till thou know. God wants you to know something in your trial. Till you know. You've got to learn the lesson. Have you learned the assignment? Have you learned what God is doing in your life right now? Till thou know that the most high ruleth in the kingdom of man to give it whomsoever he will. We hear enough of the news from God's people. We see it on our phone. But we haven't watched the news since before the election. I don't know who's going to be president. But I do know this. God knows. And I'm not going to waste my life watching a lot of news and a lot of things that probably would wind up discouraging me. I have to be encouraged right now. I have a wife that needs her husband encouraged. I have children and grandchildren that need a a dad and a papa to be encouraged. I have God's people. I have staff. I have deacons. I have preacher friends, college students, young people in our school. I don't want to be breathing discouragement. I want to be breathing life into their lives. God wants to win some victories. So he's going to go out to live with the animals for seven years. He's going to find out Verse 26, the line apart that the heavens do rule. Therefore, O king, let my counsel be acceptable unto thee and break off thy sins. God says you have sins and iniquity. And Nebuchadnezzar, I am going to break 
you down. You sit in your house, you're at ease, you're flourishing, there's no knowledge to me, and Nebuchadnezzar, you're the king, but if God's going to deal with the king, he's going to deal with the subjects as well. God's going to deal with me. God's going to get my attention. God always, because he's God, he loves me. Nothing's going to touch me that it hasn't been filtered through the hand of an almighty God. God's going to touch your life. He will build you or he will break you. So often the breaking is because, as I've said three times now, my stubbornness, my pride, my self-will, my arrogancy, our sins, whatever it may be. Well, it looks like everything's okay because God prophesied it's going to happen. Month come, one comes by, nothing happens. Still at ease. Month two, month five, month six, month seven. But notice what the Bible says, verse 29. At the end of 12 months, he walked in the palace of the kingdom of Babylon. And the king said, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for thy house, thy kingdom, thy might and power for thine honor? While the word was yet in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven saying, O king Nebuchadnezzar. To thee it is spoken. The kingdom has departed from thee. Verse 33, the same hour was the thing, the thing fulfilled. Nebuchadnezzar was driven from the man and did eat grass with the oxen and his body was wet with the dew of heaven. Just like God said at the end of the days, I never can never Nebuchadnezzar lifted up my eyes unto heaven and my understanding turned unto me and I bless the most high God and praised and honored him that liveth forever whose dominion is an everlasting dominion and his kingdom from generation to generation. He said, God, it's been all about Nebuchadnezzar in my ease, in my palace, in my beautiful mansion where I live. But God, it's not about me. It's about you. And if you, you can do what you want. You can quit on God. You can get mad at God. You can curse God. You can attack God. You can attack God's people. You can attack God's house. You can run from God. You can quit. I'm holding back my tithes and offerings. I'm not going to be involved in this anymore. You can blame your wife. You can blame your husband. You can blame your kids. You can blame Christianity, fundamentalism, whatever you want. But God is trying to get your attention. At the same time, my reason returned unto me. For the glory of my kingdom, mine honor, my brightness returned unto me. My counsels, my Lord sought unto me. I was established in my kingdom. He said, all right, it's all past now. Verse 37. Now, I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven, all whose works are truth and his ways, judgment, here it comes. And those that walk in pride, he is able to abase. God brought him back to his pride and Nebuchadnezzar said, I had everything rolling and gunning and going and God reduced me for his glory. God's going to build you or God's going to have to break you. Nebuchadnezzar realized it was his pride 
Job, God was building Job so that when he comes to the end of the chapter, end of the book in chapter 42, one year later, he said, and I know that thou canst do anything or everything. Job came to a point and he said, God, you've been building me. My friends didn't understand it. I didn't understand it. My wife didn't understand it. My health didn't understand it. But God, you're a building man. I didn't realize what you were doing. But God, you can do everything. Lord, I came to you and said, God, I cursed the day I was born. God, take my life. It's done. It's over. I don't want to live in this environment, in this sorrow, in this heartache. But God was not just simply working to break him. No, God was building him. And tonight I see Job. I find Jacob all alone that night over the book, J-book. And it says there alone, Jacob, God had big plans for him. He's me a, one of the patriarchs of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the nation of Israel. But Jacob was a con artist. His very name means to be a con or a schemer. Jacob conned his brother, schemed his brother many times. Jacob's not going to see his brother after 20 years of absence. He's going to see his wife and he's going to see his children, his nieces and nephews for the first time. That night he's all alone over the brook, J-Brook. That simply means the emptying place. God's going to empty him that night. He wrestled with the angel of God that night. I'm not going to give up. God touched his thigh. God broke, broke his heart. And when God came to that point, he said, what's your name? He asked him it three times, and every time he conned God, so he thought. When God asked him the last time, what's your name? He said, one word, Jacob. I'm a con artist. I'm a schemer. God says, thou shalt no longer be called Jacob. Thou shalt be called Israel. God changed him that night. God broke his heart that night. Moses, God was building on Mount Moriah for 40 days. Elijah, God was building him at the brook Cherith and at Zarephath. Abraham was built on Mount Moriah when he offered his son. Genesis 22, Isaac. Paul was building, God, God was building Paul when God gave him 2 Corinthians 12 a thorn in the flesh. God had to break Nebuchadnezzar because he hates pride. These six things that the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination. God resisteth the proud. He opposes the proud. He stands against the proud. And sometimes in my life, I know it, that God has opposed me because of a self-will or self-determination or self-serving or going forward without really seeking like I should know the, the will of God. Our response to trial always reveals if he's building or breaking. When God is building us, for we, His glory, we praise Him. We magnify Him. We trust Him. When He's breaking us, we complain. We murmur. We're upset. We attack. 
you ought to know and everyone ought to take the inventory of your own life. God's building me or is he breaking me? When I go through this sorrow, when I go through this difficulty, can I will praise him? Can I sing I will praise him? Can I believe him? Can I trust in the Lord at all times? And, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Or do I complain and I gripe and it's not fair and nobody's had it as hard as I've had it. When I'm allowing God to build me, I realize that I can wait on God and be still before God. I know many Christian men and Christian ladies, but I'm thinking about one in particular that died as a suffering saint. Heart was shattered repeatedly. Brokenness in heart. That this Christian, like so many that I've laid to rest so many times, never complained, never griped, never was angry, never accused God. I think of those days when Joan Ignatia was suffering with cancer. Oh, what a Christian spirit she had the last day of her life. I think of those days when, when uh, Mrs. Bolina was suffering, run over by a truck, paralyzed, in a wheelchair, and then rather young in life, as she was getting ready to step on the other side, never complained. We'd call her, we have a project here at the church, can you do it? I'll do it. Bring it over, I'll take care of it right now. My wife said at Julia Hudson's funeral many years ago, she was 55, one of our school teachers died of cancer. And she said, why is it, it seems like God takes the sweet ones and sometimes leaves us with grumps. Well, you and I are left, so we must be the grumps, but that's so true. It's on this day, many years ago, that Ed Guy at age, I think he was 37, passed away, one of our bus captains. God took his life and he was such a, and his family many times watches this service from another church. He was such a negative person, just negative. Always upset, always angry, always ticked off. Brother John Getz came by and he's preaching. He said, I'm going to start memorizing the Bible like that. Began to memorize the word of God. We saw him memorize 10 verses, then 50 verses, then 100 verses, then I think close to 1,000 verses, perhaps more. And he just knew the Word of God. He spent time in the Word of God, and his whole spirit changed. He came to me, who was a complainer, and he said to me, he's listening in heaven, I want a bus route. And that bus route was nobody on it, nobody on it. It was just dead. It was over. And guess what happened? It began to grow to 10, and to 20, and to 40, and to 50, and to 60, and to 70, and to 80, and to 90, and to 100. And what happened? He took his problem and his sorrow, his negativity and embraced it and said, God speak into my heart. God is dealing with you today. Are you listening to him? Are we running from him? Building people are quiet. Building people are still. Breaking people talk all the time. Building people sit. Breaking people run. When God wants you to sit, God sends everybody to the school of ad adversity. God sent Abraham there. God sent Jacob there. God sent Elijah there. God sent Ezekiel there. God sent Hosea there. Everyone that God was going to use, he had to break and generally had to break the pride. And so the scripture says here in chapter 4, 
in verse number, the last verse, 37. And those that walk in pride, he is able to abase. Lord's given me two verses this year, of course. One through COVID was Exodus 14, 14. It's his battle. He's going to fight it. But prior to that, back in January, February, it was early in the year, God gave me John 3, 3.30. He must increase. I must decrease. God has allowed us, not just in California, not just in the nations, but in the world. God has allowed it I know it was a manufactured disease from China. But God has allowed it. He didn't create it. He allowed it. Now I'm watching so many men of God that I love just have learned to trust God and they've encouraged my heart so much. I've watched many of God's people instead of fighting and complaining and griping learn that God's building us God's doing something. And in some cases, because of our stubbornness, He's breaking us. But it's all for His glory because as we leave today in just moments, He must increase. He has to increase. In the day we live, whoever's president, He must increase. God can remove Darius. God can remove Belshazzar. God can remove Nebuchadnezzar as he did here for seven years. God can remove whoever he raises up and he puts down. And God can give us grace during the reign of Ahab as well and Jezebel and Athaliah. And God can give great victory and send us a Josiah and a revival coming. God can do that. But he's going to take us through this school of building and battling. Today I want to challenge us to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. I don't want us to get angry at God, get angry with our mates and our children. Don't bother Dad right now. He's under a lot of pressure. That's a, that's a sissy way to look at, look at things, sir. Your kids ought to talk to you anytime and say, well, I've got all these problems. Well, deposit them outside the house. Don't come in the house with those things. Grow up, man up. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. God's blessed my heart so much with Nebuchadnezzar recently. I just would not give in to God. He didn't need to give in to God. He had a nice house. Had the, the kingdom of all kingdoms. He was in charge of the world. God said, okay, big boy. In just a short time, and in 12 months was a short time, God says, you're going to be out in the field with the oxen. You're going to be there at night. The dew is going to get you wet. You're going to eat grass like an animal because I'm going to bring you from your perch and reduce you that you can look up and extol my name above every name. I don't like it when I see God's people going through adversity. My wife and I try to name all the names of the folks in our church at night at prayer. I don't fall asleep during prayer that are suffering. They're shut in or they have illnesses. And it hurts me to think of those that we know 
and those that I know of that have not made things public that suffer. I was going through the list through the night or this morning or sometime. I was looking at this man that's suffering. But I could tell you this. I'm certain he's here this morning in a car. I've watched he and his wife not attack God or accuse God or mad at God or frustrated with God. They're trusting God. I see cancer in this tent over here. That family over here facing that is trusting God. There's so many illnesses in our church right now. COVID would be a light thing compared to what some folks are facing. As I went through my list, within the last 24 hours, may have been this morning, I forget when, I see that everyone is suffering like a Christian. They have it so much harder than I have it or you have it. But they're bringing all praise and glory to God. Would you finally just say, Lord, I want your will, not mine. I want you to increase. As you take me through the school of battling, where you're building me, or you're breaking me, may I have the sense to know what's going on. When you're building me, God, you send it for your glory. When you're breaking it, you're sending it so that my knee might bow to thee. Our heads are bowed. And her eyes are closed. You know, as a pastor preaches, sometimes you're wondering, am I getting this thought across? I don't know, maybe I did, maybe I did not. God has spoken to me so powerfully about it. I don't want to fail. I don't want to fail Him. I I want God as He deals with me because He wants to build me, not because He has to break me, not because of my pride and self Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.